Good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. If you couldn't hear that online, I paid those guys to cheer for me. So, uh, no, uh, I'm Nate. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and uh, I get the privilege of being the young adult and life groups pastor. So it's a pleasure to serve here at New Life. I've been here nine years, and uh, it's just a blessing. And so we want to welcome all of you who are here for the very first time. Um, thank you so much for braving the weather to come out today. Um, we had new people in the first service, and so uh, that's why we never cancel church ever unless it's a catastrophe, and then we'll still try to, you know, produce a video or something like that. So we love meeting together. Amen, church? Amen. We love New Life. And so if you're online worshiping with us, um, everybody else should have got the memo. We should have wore PJs today. I asked Pastor Jeff, hey, can I show up in my onesie today? He said, if you can make it a sermon illustration, go for it, bro. Um, But I was already here at church when I sent that text, so I didn't want to go home and change, so I hope this works for you. But if you're worshiping with us online, hey, thank you so much for worshiping with us from the comforts of your home or uh, and all of you out who are in North Platte as well. So we're so glad to, to have you today. We are in our series, Chain Breaker. Chain Breaker. The enemy wants to wrap us up in chains, right, church? He wants to debilitate you. He wants to hold you down and keep you from becoming the man or the woman that God has called you to be. And so today we serve a God who can break the chains, amen, in the name of Jesus. And so today we get to look at the subject of greed. That's what I thought. Greed. Yeah. All of you drove a nice pickup today to get here. So thank you for using your gift and your, you know, the, the resources that God's given you to get here. Okay, that wasn't a very funny joke. My bad. <laughs> but you're here today. But we're going to talk about greed. So just hang with me, okay? I'm going to give you some, we're going to look at three lies, and then we're going to look at three principles. And so this is, a, this is something that's not fun necessarily to talk about. It's not a, it's not a feel-good message um, in the sense of like, ooh, yeah, I feel like just awesome. But if you allow us to go here, All of us are living there. All of us have had the need or desire at one time for stuff, right? You know what I'm saying? And so we're going to look at what that looks like. And so kind of my my chain breaker uh, verse for today is found in Proverbs 11.28. And it's found in the message version. That's MSG. This is the good MSG for you, okay? Another bad food joke. Man, I'm strike two. One more and they're going to like, you're out of here. Okay. But we're going to look at, and so this is our kind of our, our chain breaker of verse of the day. It says, a life devoted to stuff. In the message, it says things. But a life devoted to stuff is a dead life. It's a stump. A God-shaped life is a flourishing tree. God wants us to flourish, amen? God wants us to, to be creative and use the gifts and the abilities and the talents that he's called us to be. But the enemy wants to wrap us up and wants us to worship stuff, things of this world. So today, what's the definition of greed? It's the obsession with wanting. It's the obsession with wanting. It could be material goods. It could be wealth. It could be success. It could be approval. You get to fill in the blank today. I'm not filling in the blank for you. You fill in the blank where you think, man, I might have this hint of chain binding me down of greed. Today, it's my, heart, it's my heart's desire that, that God would speak to you. And if I speak on greed, but you get nothing from greed and God speaks to you about something else, amen. Right, church? That's what the Holy Spirit can do. He's alive and he's active and he's speaking to us. So today, it's my heart's desire that we just wouldn't come in again on a Sunday and leave the same way, but we would be... We would leave differently, that we'd leave changed. And so today, whatever it is that God's speaking to you about, you just receive it in Jesus' name, all right? Can you do that for me? 
Some of you are like, I have no clue what he's talking about, but that's okay. We'll just hang with me. So this greed, this idea of greed, it's not a mystery to us. All of us at one time have had this desire for stuff, right? And today of all Sundays, a 30-second commercial is going to go for $5 million or more. Why? Because they want you to buy their stuff. They want you to buy their stuff, right? I don't like Mountain Dew that much or Doritos, but they know that there's enough people out there who do that will spend way over $5 million worth, so that's why they think it, fit. it fits to spend $5 million on a commercial during the Super Bowl. And so, where does all this stuff, where does all this desire for stuff come from? We're going to jump back into Genesis. So if, if you don't know about creation thing, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. And this is where this desire for stuff comes from. It's, in our, it's, it's our nature. Saint asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman, once, the woman was con, uh, convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. There's desire for want. There's a desire for power. Hey, you're withholding something from me. And sometimes we go to God feeling that way, going, God, are you a fun hater? Why are you trying to keep everything away from me? And God knows our tendency. God knows our hearts. And he wasn't trying to keep us away from something. He was just trying to guard our hearts from a desire that could totally be entangling, that it would enchain us and hold us down. But the woman saw that it was beautiful and delicious. Any women like beautiful things out there? Yeah, right? We got it. You guys got a special day coming up. In a few weeks, all right, nudge your husband. Hey, I like beautiful things, shiny, sparkly, you know, whatever. It's kind of opposite of greed, but, but we do. We have this eye, we have this nature. And it's very easy for all of us to put on that nature of, hey, I want, I need, I got to have it. But God wants to come, come in and he wants to combat against that. He doesn't want our hearts set up in that way of, hey, I got to want, I got to have, I got to need, I need it. God, God is going to do something. If we look at it, he's going to show us something very special today. God's chief competition for your heart and devotion and my heart and devotion isn't Satan. None of you, I bet, woke up today and go, you know what, I'm going to worship Satan or am I going to worship God today? I bet you didn't ask yourself that question. And if you did, we can talk about it later. Some people do. They wake up and they go, am I going to worship God or am I going to worship Satan? But that's not, that's not God's chief competitor. God's chief competitor is stuff and the pursuit of of stuff over the pursuit of God. You, you got to get that. That's, we want stuff and we will take things and make them an idol and place them in place of God. That's God's chief competitor. Did you know that Jesus taught more about money and the kingdom of God than of any other subject in the Bible? He talks about God or the kingdom of God and money more than any other subject. If you look at 11 of the 39, 39 parables in the Bible, that's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about finances. He's talking about money. Some of you are ticked off right now. I thought Jesus was all about love and forgiveness. Yeah, he talked about that too. But he knew the battle that was going on for our soul. He knew the battle of stuff. 
is waging war, trying to keep us away, keep us apart from being God's created ones, being the one that God created to use in a miraculous way. Stuff wants to hold you down, the lie of the enemy. So today we're going to look at some lies. God's heart is that he would own your money. If he owns your money, he owns your heart. So today, today, God's not just all focused on money. God is focused on your heart. And it says in Matthew 6.24, Jesus said this, You can't serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. You can't. We can't. This enslavement talks about a chain being bound, binding us up, being bound. Money wants to do that. Stuff wants to do that. I don't want to just focus on money today, but I do want to talk about power, maybe control, maybe significance, where our values come from, all of those things that we can try to find in stuff. Matthew 6, 21 says this, wherever your treasure is, there is the desires of your heart will also be. So it has to, we have to ask ourselves the question, where is your treasure at today? Where's your treasure? What are you thinking about all the time? What are you spending your time thinking about? Because that's where your heart's at. Where are you spending your money today? Because that's where your heart's at. See, today it's, it's not just about finances. You can be rich and be greedy. You can be poor and be greedy. It's not a financial issue. It's a heart issue today. So today, sit back, relax, and go, okay, God, just examine my heart. Expose my heart to you. God, you know my heart and you know my ways. But if there's any way inside of me that's wanting to do it my own way and not your way, would you speak to me today? That's the right heart today as we come to church today. So three lies that, that greed wants to chain you down with. Three lies of greed that wants to chain you down. Lie number one, stuff will make me significant. Stuff will make me significant. We, we want to buy things that make us significant. We want to do things that make me significant. You know how I know? Because I'm the same just like you. I have two dogs. I have a black lab and I have a yellow lab. And guess what? When I go out and train my dogs and I run them at hunt tests and different things like that, I get my significance and my values in the way that my dogs run. My wife can tell right away when I come home from training with, with the, the, the guys in my club, when I come home and she goes, and I'm all, you know, a little agitated, frustrated, she goes, oh, so you didn't have a good day training, did you? And it was all based on the performance of the dog. My significance is found sometimes in the way that my dog runs and does what I've taught him to do. Can you connect? Can you relate? Where do we find our significance today? Is it, are you finding it in stuff? Are you pursuing stuff? Today, no one's going to stand up at your funeral and go, man, she had a really expensive couch and really nice shoes. <laughs> no one's going to do that. No one's going to stand up at his funeral and go, man, he had a really awesome car and a great house. Don't make your life about stuff. Don't let stuff be your significance. Let God, but we want to buy into the lie that, man, if I have stuff, I'll be popular and my significance is cool. And I'll be cool with it and people will be cool with me. Don't allow it. Don't buy into the lie. Luke 12, 15 says this. Jesus said, beware. Guard against every kind of greed. You define what the greed is in your life. Life is not measured by how much you own. Don't let yourself get caught up. Beware. Beware. Guard against, guard your heart, guard your mind, guard your eyes against the greed. Because all life is, it's, just, it's not made up just of stuff. 
God has so much more for you today. Lie number two, stuff will make me secure. If I have stuff, I'm secure. So let me ask you a question. How much do you really need to be secure? How much is really enough? And the answer for all of us would be just a little bit more, right? That's where we live. We would say, man, how much do I really need to be secure? All of us would say, yeah, I just need a little bit more. In your 401k, your retirement, how much do you really need? You don't know. Well, I'm going to retire at 62. I'm going to retire at 65. I'm going to retire at 70. I'm going to retire at 50. I don't know how much I really need because I don't know how long I'm really going to live. And so I can't be my security because I don't really know. I'm not guaranteed the next breath. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. Are you with? Are you tracking with me, church? We're not guaranteed these things. So we can't allow these things to be our security. I can't be tied up in them. Proverbs 23, 4 through 5 says this. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. This is for somebody today. I believe it. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Some of you, you're wearing yourself out health-wise. Some of you, you're wearing out your family because you're making a sacrifice so I can get, 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 get. Time away from dad, time away from mom so that we can have, have, have. I grew up that way. I remember the times, more often than not, than a parent wasn't at a game because, hey, I have to work. And I respect him for that. But there was more times, hey, I can't make it because I got to be at work. But I do remember the most precious time, the one time that he took me fishing. It was a moment that I'll never forget. He wasn't a fisherman. I was the fisherman. But I remember fishing with my dad. Dad, that's for you. Mom, that's for you. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. you got to be wise enough to know when to quit today. It's not worth it. It's here today, gone tomorrow, can be gone. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears for it will sprout wings and fly like an eagle. That's for all you Eagles fans. Somebody came up to me and first servant said, thank you so much. But I see there's some Patriots fans in here today. So, hey, I'm with you too. So I'm just going to play neutral ground. But it can fly away like that. It's, it's just, it's monetary. It doesn't, it's not much. It doesn't mean that much. Job 121, this is the R-rated version. He said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. Paul puts it a little bit more elegantly. He says this, after all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. What can you take to heaven with you? I can't take anything with me, material-wise. But what I can take and share is the good news of Jesus Christ with those people around me. And I can hope that the person next to me knows Jesus and they'll spend eternity with me in heaven. That's where we should live. But we want to buy into the lie that stuff can be our security. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this, Keep your lives free from the love of money. It's the love of money. Keep your lives free. Free from the love. See, God doesn't care that you have it as long as it doesn't have you. Okay? So don't, please don't misunderstand me today. If you have it, use it for the glory of God. If you don't have it, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Because if you do have it, if you do get it, you've got to be able to give it away. You can't let it own you. You can't let it have you. But it says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. 
Because God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So today, my security isn't in how you view me or how you think about me. My confidence is in the Lord, and hopefully that's the way that you feel today. Hopefully your confidence and security is in Christ alone, not in in a paycheck. Because God forbid something happened to you tomorrow and you don't get a paycheck tomorrow. Where's your security going to be in? In Christ alone. In Christ alone. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Line number three. Stuff will make me happy. If this were true, wouldn't the people with the most stuff be the happiest? Right? But they're not, right? They're like some of the more... They're some of the most uh, miserable people on the planet. It, more stuff doesn't make me happy. You know what stuff does? It gives you the appetite for more stuff. That's what it does. It continues to draw you in. We think that we, it will quench, will quench us and make us happy, but really all it does is build discontentment. The more the person has, the more the person wants. Maybe you've heard it put this way. Inside of all of us, inside of our heart is a, is a God-shaped hole, Right? Inside of all of us is a God-shaped hole, and, and if we try to fill it with anything but God, we'll never be happy. You can fill it with stuff. You can fill it with position at work and power. You can fill it with controlling things. You can fill it with wealth and finances and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a God-shaped hole position for who? God. And if we don't allow God to be placed in the God-shaped hole, we will never be happy. That's why, like, when I buy stuff or when I've bought things, I'm like, oh, man, this is, I'm going to be happy. It's going to, I'm going to, this desire is going to be quenched. No, I'm like, I'm bored. I got to go buy something new. That's what's going on because what I'm really searching for is God and his fulfillment and his purpose and his joy from a life. And if we try to fill it with anything else, we won't be satisfied. But if we, do you want to be happy, church? Most of us want to be happy. So this is where our happiness can be found. It's found in Romans 4, 7 through 8. It says this, happy are those whose wrongs are forgiven, whose sins are pardoned. All of us today, if we're a Christ follower, we can say, man, I'm happy today. It's not based on things, but it's based on him. He's done it all. He's forgiven me. He's pardoned my sin. Happy is the person whose sin the Lord will not keep account of. That's where happiness comes from. It's a change of heart on, I don't need things. All I need is him. So as Christians, how do you break the chains of greed in your life? I'm going to give you three quick little things. Number one, get the right king on the throne of your heart. That's where it starts. you got to get the right king on the throne of your heart. Your heart, it's, it's single, and it can only have place for one other. You can either put yourself on the throne of, on the throne of your heart, or you can place God. You can't have two. In Matthew, Matthew 6, 24, it talks about that. It says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to, the, to one and despise the other. There is not room on the throne of your heart for two. There's not a place for God and for yourself. It's God alone. And so we've got to get the right king over the throne of our heart. We've got to allow him to take place of our heart. There's only one throne available, and it's throne for Jesus. He will help protect you and keep your heart from the possessions and the stuff of this world, if you allow him. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God. So today, whose kingdom are you seeking? Are you seeking yourselves? Are you seeking the Lord's? Number two, give generously. Give generously. 
Proverbs 11, 24, 25 through 28 says this, those who give generously receive more, but those who are stingy with what is appropriate will grow needy. Give generously. Give generously. Those who are stingy and only give what, you know, don't even give, they'll grow needy. But generous persons will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. How many of you want to be refreshed? Amen. So what do we do? We give generously. We refresh those, and we will be refreshed. 28, those who trust in their wealth will wither, but the righteous will thrive like leafy trees. Give generously. Give generously. It's, it's an attitude of the heart. I don't know what you have, but you can give generously. There's an appropriateness that it was talking about. So on the screen, it's gonna, we're going to show a picture of a can of beans and a $100 bill. What's worth more? It's not a hard question. What's worth more? There you go. Right on. So what's worth more? So in the world's eyes, the $100 bill is worth more, right? The can of beans, 99 cents, maybe $1.29, or if you're buying the real expensive stuff, $3.29. I don't know where you shop, but hey. In, our, in the world's economy, the $100 bill is worth more. But to God, which is worth more? It's the same. Today, I don't know what's appropriate for you to give. I don't know what God's speaking to you about giving, but there is something appropriately for you to give. And so all, if you only have a can of beans, you give the can of beans. If you have the $100 bill that you can give, then you give the $100 bill that you, what, you give what you can give. But we need to learn to give generously. We can't be hoarders, consumers, takers. We need, it's better. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. You got it. Today, if you want the chain of greed broken in your life, you've got to learn to give generously. It's happened in my own life where God has spoken and said, you need to give to this. And I said, man, God, I don't want to give to that. And he said, okay. So I didn't give. I'm not blaming God. I'm not saying God made it happen and he did it. But I've had vehicles then break down and had repair bills for the same amount of money that I was supposed to give that I didn't give. You know what I'm saying? It's all God's. All of my possessions, all that I have, all my resources, they're all, it's all God's. He's given it all to me. So I don't have, it's not, it's not right for me to say, no, God, I'm going to hoard this for myself. It's my job to say, yes, God, I want to give generously because I know that if I do that, I will refresh others and I will then be refreshed. God's my security, not my possessions. Are you feeling me, church? Are you with me? All right. You don't seem like it, but it's okay. I know, this isn't a fun one. Number three, we're almost done. Learn contentment. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. We gotta learn contentment. Paul's talking, he's saying, he says, not that I was ever in need. So not that I was ever in need, but for I have learned how to get along happily, whether I have had much or little. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of contentment in every situation, whether to be full stomach or hungry, plenty or want. For I can do everything God asks me to, or asked me to do with the help of Christ who gives me strength and power. This principle of learning to be content with what God's given you. This is also a great picture because so many times younger people maybe even millennials, they look at their parents and they go, I want what my parents have in three years. 
But they don't understand that what it took their parents to get to what they have, it took them 30, 40, 50 years. You know what I'm saying? And we've got to learn to be content and go, you know what? It's fine. Parents, it's okay for you to teach to, to your kids, hey, it's okay. I know that Junior and all the other kids at your school might have new stuff, but we don't always have to have new stuff. It's okay to go without. They're not going to die. Amen? It's okay for me to go, you know what? I don't necessarily have to have this new thing. I, would, I want to ask the question, but I'm afraid to ask the question. If you made a New Year's resolution for, you know, diet and things, how many people are still doing that? You don't have to answer that. But it's, it's, it's the deny self. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love soda and chicken nuggets. I will lose my girlish figure if all I eat is chicken nuggets and drink soda. You know what I'm saying? we got to learn to deny self in the process. And that's what it leads. It's like, hey, I'm okay. I can deny self today. I don't need the next, the best. You ever watch a commercial? During the summertime is usually when they play these and they're selling a soft drink. And it's usually on a nice, hot day. And they go to the cooler and they crack open an iced tea. And they take a drink. What, what sound do they usually make? Ah, we got to learn that inside all of us. So today, if you're a college student and all you eat is ramen noodles all week, but you want to be eating steak, you eat that ramen noodles and go, ah, oh, thank you, Jesus, for what I have. <laughs> you be grateful for what you have. If you leave church today and you go out to get in your rust bucket that's sitting next to a Mercedes-Benz, you get into that car. Ah, thank you, Jesus, for what I have. Because it's enough, amen? If I'm trying to covet everybody else's stuff, I'm going to be so unhappy. And some of us, that's where we're at. We're enchained, chained down, because it's like, I got to have everyone. I wish I had everybody else. Woe is me, woe is me. Today, learn to be content with what God has you. I'm not saying don't strive for more, but get the right king over your heart today. Get the right king over your heart. Don't let stuff be the king and be the way that you act and live your life. Let God be the one who directs that. So today, today, will we allow God to be at the center of the throne in our heart? Or will we continue to look to stuff to find satisfaction, to make us happy, to make us secure? Today, I don't know where it is in your life or what it is, what it looks like in your life, but today, as we get ready to go into worship, would you just open up your heart and let God speak to you? Maybe he's speaking to you even today. You respond to him today as you see fit and let God, through his power, through his strength and power, it says in Philippians, Let him break the chain in your life. You do what you can do. God, I come and I surrender myself to you. You break the chain of greed in my life. You help me to be content. You help me to be a giver today. Let's pray, church. Stand with me as we pray. Jesus, today we love you and we thank you for who you are. God, we want to lay down our desire for stuff. God, we know that it can be our nature, but God, we want to take on the new nature that's found in Jesus Christ.
We want to clothe ourselves, like it says in Colossians, with this new nature as we learn to become and be like our creator. So Jesus, today we come with the desire to deny self. So God, would you help us today? Would you help us to lay ourselves down and get out of the way? God, we know that you just, you don't care about money. You really care about our hearts. And so today, if you, if you own our pocketbooks, you own our heart. So Lord, that's the kind of people we want to be. People that are owned by you. So Lord, would you bless us today in worship? Speak to us clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship, church.